Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossford, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now we just introduce to you, it's my great honor and privilege to introduce Joshua Jenkins to bring the word. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning. Got room for a little more? Just want to throw this out there. If I offend you today, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry about it. If you get offended, just come down here and we'll pray that out of you. It'll be okay. I don't really know how to do this now because y'all pretty much said a lot of a lot of where I'm going. So we'll just we'll just go there. We've talked about in the last couple of months. Well, really in the last 20 years, revival. And we've put in the work. We've spent our lives at these altars praying. And revival's here. It's in Arkansas. It's in our nation. It's here. It's a big deal to keep. It's a big deal to keep it. And it takes more work to keep it. We can't get off of these altars. We can't get away from the foundation of where we came from. How many commandments are there? I heard 10. Oh, there we go. That's what I'm looking for. There's two. There's two we got to worry about. Two we got to worry about. Jesus fulfilled the law. He came. He didn't do away with it. Get that clear. He didn't do away with it. He fulfilled it. He showed us the way. How do we get to these altars? How do we get to crying out for revival? How do we get to where none of these things matter to me? How do I get to where... I can just lay myself down and get attacked every week by the devil and and not bother me. How do I get there? How do I get to the disarming the enemy that is has helped me in so many situations in the last five years? <laughs> How do we get there? There's two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And then, love your neighbor as yourself. Everything in our lives is fulfilled in love. Everything. Everything is fulfilled in love. Now, (laughs) I'm not talking about this snowflake, discipline-free, pansy love the world's trying to shove on us right now. 
and trying to shove on us that they ain't no, we just love everybody and it's okay. Well, Jesus don't care about the things you did, but he loves you too much to leave you like you are. He's not going to leave you where you're at. He cares enough about you to pull you out of that stuff, but he's not going to leave you there. Now, it's up to me to choose. It's up to me to choose to come out of this mess. He'll draw me in. He'll draw me to him, but it's up to me to make the choice. From day one, it's always been about the choice. Adam and Eve had a choice. They had a choice to choose God or sin. They chose sin. All right, well, now what do we do? God comes to the garden. Adam, where you at? Adam's hiding. He don't know what to do. He just screwed up everything. Doomed all humanity. <laughs> I'd have done the same thing. <laughs> I'd probably run out of the garden. I mean, even then, God wasn't mad. My, my brother, Hunter, he, he showed us this one night at youth. He was teaching. He said, God was not mad at Adam. He was heartbroken because he just lost his kids. He just had to kick his kids out of the garden. Now, I've heard that God was punishing Adam. You know, I've also heard that God was protecting Adam by kicking him out because there's two trees. There's a tree of life, which is eternal life, and there's a tree of knowledge of good and evil. They already ate this one. They already ate this one. So God had to say, well, this wasn't part of my plan, but we can fix it because he works all things together for good. Not necessarily in his plan, the things I did, the choices I made, but he'll work it out. So he says, okay, got these two trees. Adam ate this one. Told him not to, but he did it. I cannot let him eat the tree of eternal life now because he will be eternally corrupted. He will be eternally corrupted if he does. So there's consequences for the choices we make. Everything in life, every single thing we do comes down to a choice. Every judgment we have in our, in our hearts, every stronghold in our life, every situation that happens to us comes down to a choice we made. I can choose him or I can choose my way. I don't want to choose my way. His way's good. My way gets cars repoed, gets, makes struggle with our finances. That's what my way does. It's happened twice. One day I'll learn. <laughs> but in all that, God still says we're free. He still says you're free to make your choice. You're free to choose. I want you to choose. I don't want to be a puppet master up here, you doing my bidding. I want you to choose me. Philippians 4.13, we all know this one. It's one of our favorite verses. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What does that mean? Does that mean that if there's a car trapped on a, a person, I can lift that car off of them? Yeah. 
through Christ, I can do that. He'll give me the strength to. Does it mean that I can jump out of a burning building and be okay? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Depends on if he told you to or not. That simply means all things. Paul says all things are permissible, but not all things are profitable. I'm free. I'm, com- free. I'm completely free. God did not put us in a box of freedom and say, you're free, but you can't do this, 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 this. I'm free. I'm free to choose him. I'm free to not choose him. I'm free to love him with all of my heart. I'm free to not. I make that choice. He gave us a completely free will. A will to choose. And that is the most beautiful part of our lives to him. We can choose him. I don't have to say, well, I'm just going to do what God wants me to do because that's his will and that's what's going to happen. Yes, his will is going to happen. The big picture of his will is going to happen. But my part in that can change by my choice. I'm free to choose the world. I'm free to... I'm, I'm free to drink all I want to drink, smoke all I want to smoke. It's not profitable for me. We've heard that before. <laughs> it's not profitable for me. Get me in a world of hurt. I've seen it in my family's life. That's why I never touched alcohol. I saw it in my family's life. Destroyed so many lives. I didn't want that. I mean, plus it just smelled nasty, so... And it's like, ain't no way I'm drinking that. Even in salvation, it's still my choice. He'll draw me in. He'll draw me in with awesome worship, with the way people live their lives. But it's still my choice to come to him. It's still my choice. It's always going to be my choice. So how do I choose? How, how do I choose? How do I make that choice? I've counted the cost. How do I make that choice? I love him with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my strength and all my mind. That's all I have to do. That's all I have to do. The second commandment comes straight out of that one. I will love people like he loved me if I love him first because he loved me first. He loved me first. The choices are not hard when we stay here. When we stay in him, the choices are not hard. The cost no longer seems like it matters because it's no longer about me when I am focused on me I'm focused on me simple as that when I'm when I'm focused on the problems when I'm focused on the fact that I don't have any money or the fact that my cars are breaking down or I've got myself in this whole mess and now we got to get out of it I don't know how I'm going to do that 
All I got to do is focus on him. And then he's going to do something crazy. He's going to do something crazy. He's going to say, help this other person out of it. Wait a minute. Hold, hold up now. No, I ain't even got myself out of this yet. How do I help them out of it? Well, when you help someone else, it will happen for you. When you help someone else, it'll happen for you. Oh, how do I get there? Come to these altars. Get on your face. Stay with him. Rome was not built in a day. Holiness does not happen overnight. The only thing that happens overnight is a commitment. Devotion can happen overnight. And it's not even finished overnight. It's a daily crucify my flesh every day. You start 15 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes, five minutes, whatever seems like something you can do. You just sit with him. You may not say anything. He may not say anything. You might say something to change your whole world in five minutes. And then you increase a little bit. Let's, all right, let's go 10 minutes today. All right, let's go. Let's add 10 more minutes. Well, now it's 20 minutes. Well, let's add 15 to that. Well, now it's 35. 35 eventually will turn into all day. People don't get to the level that they're on. I'm not going to get to apostles' level of prayer in one day. I'm, I'm not going to do it. It's not going to happen. I will burn myself out because I'm not there yet. But if I add a little to it, add a little to it, I will get there one day. This is not, this is not over next week. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. I am on my way to the finish. I'm on my way. It takes work. It takes hard work. But that work doesn't seem so hard when you're sitting at the altar. Wherever that altar is, I'm not just saying you got to sit right here. Altars at your house too. Altars at home. If you don't have an altar at home, you'd be hard-pressed to stay on this altar. You got to start here when nobody else is around, when nobody else is looking. That's when, that's how you start. A little over a year ago, I started on a weight loss journey. Mitchell took a picture of Sadie Grace and his daughter at Fiesta, posted it on Facebook. It's a good picture. Well, I just happened to look a little closer at that picture, and I'm sitting in the background, right between them, in a big, bright blue shirt. I said, oh, Jesus, that is terrible. I stepped on the scale that day, and I was one pound away from 300. And I said, nah, we're not going to do that no more. So I started right then. All I did was quit eating so much that day. And then start tomorrow. Tomorrow never gets here. I'm going to start a diet on Monday, never happens. Monday never gets here. I started right then. I went from I, that day at Fiesta, I guarantee you, and I'm being conservative on this, I ate three or four baskets of chips by myself. I drank 12 glasses of sweet tea, and I had a big old plate of food, plus I finished what my wife didn't eat. I throwed down the food. And... I said, 
man, this is terrible. I can't breathe. I can't bend over to tie my shoe. And look at me. Y'all, y'all be like, it wasn't that bad. Whatever, it wasn't that bad. That's terrible. I've seen pictures of me. Y'all is lying. <laughs> so I started. And all I did. Now, I went kind of drastic. Don't do what I did because it may or may not work for you. We're all different. I just, I cut my eating in half. I went from four to 5,000 calories a day to two. I was done. I was hungry. My God, I was hungry. For about two and a half weeks, I was hungry. And then the hunger started going away. The hunger started to go away. Well, when that happened, I changed something else. Then I added a little workout in. Then I added a little more workout in. I lost 40 pounds in three months. Then I added a little more workout in. Then I had a vision. I had a vision of where I wanted to be. I had to set some long-term goals and some short-term goals. I said 10 pounds a month for the next however till I get down to 190. Well, I'm not at 190 yet. I'm not even close to it. I changed my goals because I changed up what I wanted. I see something different. Well, I'm sitting there and I I start running, doing all this stuff, and it's it's just these these little things that we do that we don't really pay attention to. The couple pieces of candy I eat, that stuff adds up. The little things that I don't pay attention to in my life, they add up in my walk with him. They all add up, and the little things, the little foxes spoil the vine. On the other side of that, the little foxes, the little things that I do right for him, they help build the vine. Because all truth is parallel. All truth is parallel. Whatever... It's right in the natural, can be right in the spiritual. It may be flipped, but it's right. So I get down and I'm, I'm working out, I'm running. I hate running. Running's the worst thing. Ain't none of y'all in here big enough to make me run. I'll just take my whooping. I don't, I don't, uh-uh. I don't like running. It's terrible. But I was doing it. I didn't want to, but I was doing it. And I'm seeing results. And five months I was down 60 pounds and then my goals changed and what I what I noticed here a few weeks ago was that I'm not measuring what I'm putting in my body anymore I'm not measuring these calories that I'm eating I'm just eating what I think is right well I'm not losing any more weight at this point not really gaining anything but I'm not really losing anything either it's like, all right, well, how do I do this then? I'll start looking up ways to do what I want to do, what my goals are. And every one of them come back to measure what you put in your body. Measure it. That's the only way you'll ever be able to make adjustments. Okay. That's irritating. It's irritating to count calories and try to measure what you're eating and all this stuff. It takes time, but if you want results, that's what we got to do. If I don't measure the things, if I don't pay attention to what I'm putting in, what's going to come out of me? 
I don't pay attention to what I'm letting in me, what's coming out. I'm not going to have results in my spiritual life if I don't measure what I'm putting in me. If I don't pay attention to what I'm putting in, if I don't pay attention to how much time I'm spending on my face every day, and I'm talking to me just as much as I'm talking to anybody else. I'm probably not talking to you at all. I need to hear this myself. It's those little things, those little things that we do. We got to pay attention to those. We have to pay attention. The little things matter more than the big things. Because if I'm not faithful in the little, I'm not going to be faithful in the big stuff. I can say from right here, well, I know what I'd do in a school shooting. I'd run in there and get them. Would you? I like to think I would, but would I? When it comes down to me actually dying for somebody else, I know what I'd do. I'd tell them I love Jesus. Would you? Are you faithful to stay on your face here when nobody's around, when nobody's here to tell you you can't be a Christian or you're going to die? Because that's coming. The Bible tells us it's coming. Am I going to be faithful to do that? There's only one way to do it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And then there's a reason that's first. Everything comes out of that. Everything in my life comes out of that. Comes out of my love for him. Only after I love him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength can I love my neighbor as myself or as he loved me. In marriage. What's the Bible say about wives? What are they supposed to do? Huh? Okay. We like that. Us men like that. We're supposed to submit. Mm. Get them, Jesus. Tell them, submit. Who in the world decided it was easier for somebody to submit than for somebody to love someone as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it? If I want my wife to submit to me, I have to give her something to submit to. And while we're there, <laughs> if I love my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and I love my neighbor as myself, who at this point is my wife, why does it matter if she's submitting to me? It's not about me anymore. It's not about me. It's not about you submitting to me. It's about me loving you as Christ loved the church. And gave himself for it. He gave himself. I, I lay down everything. Perfectly honest, mask off. I didn't want children. Didn't want them. And was perfectly happy not having them. Now, I wouldn't give them up for nothing in the world now. I mean, when I see their faces, I'm like, oh, my Jesus. This, why didn't I ever want kids? But my wife decided one day she wanted them. I'm like, <clears throat> <clears throat> now there was a lot of reason behind that. 
Most of you know it, but part of the reason I'm, I'm, I'm selfish. I like my time with her. I like being able to just go when I get ready to go and do whatever we want to do. Now, like, it's 8 o'clock and it's about bedtime. <sighs> Can't do nothing. <laughs> Can't do nothing between 12 and 3 and after 8.30. That's, that's sleeping time. That's when all the fun stuff happens. <laughs> but it's not about me. My kids need to sleep or they're grouchy. <laughs> Nobody wants to deal with that. <laughs> Nobody wants to deal with that. Let them take a nap. Okay, it ain't about me. It's about them taking a nap. When I lay my life down, when I've counted the cost, when I'm willing to say, yes, yes, I'm willing for my whole world to be turned upside down. I'm willing to let go of life as I know it. When I'm willing to say that, and I love him with all of my heart, and I love my neighbor as myself, it's not about me anymore. I don't care what you do to me. I don't care what you say about me. It doesn't matter anymore. It's all just whatever. I'm not going to respond to that. Just here recently, we've me and my wife have dealt with stuff that, man, I never thought I'd have to deal with. From somebody that I never thought in the world I'd have to deal with it from. I knew who he was. I knew who he was and I knew how he was. I just didn't ever think it would be directed at me. But that disarming the enemy thing, man, let me tell you that works. That works every single time. I got a big long text message right before cell group one night. I'm like, really? Right before, right before I got to do this, I'm going to get this, then whatever. I just blocked it out and didn't think about it again because it didn't matter. And I, after cell group was over, I was sitting at the table still. I said, God, what do you want me to say? I want to make this right like it never happened. Like it never happened. And I had a bunch of stuff typed up and I deleted a bunch of stuff because it, none of it was wrong. It just wasn't in the right spirit. It wasn't time to say this. And I said, okay, what do you want me to say? How can I make this right? Words started coming. I started typing. Sent a big text. A few words were pretty stern. It's what they needed to be. But I felt perfect peace about that. About everything that I said, I felt perfect peace about it. So I sent the text. It's like nothing ever happened. Comes in my house. I don't want them there. I don't want them there at all. But it's not about me. It's about that little girl in the back that is going through something that she is not at fault for. So, I swallow it and deal with it. It's like nothing ever happened. We're good. Had I sent all the stuff that I wanted to say, that relationship would be destroyed. There, there, and I wouldn't even feel bad about it, honestly. I mean, I wouldn't even have felt bad about it. But that's what Jesus came to fix. Came to restore relationship. 
So I have to die. Even when I don't want to. Even when it don't look like I should. When it's not my fault. I didn't do anything wrong in that situation. Nothing. Nothing at all. Some lies were told. Things got twisted in some drunk person's head. And they spilled out everything. I was not wrong at all. And I got an apology that still made it my fault. But that's okay. I actually made it my wife's fault. But that's okay. We know the truth. We know what actually happened. And there's no reason to say anything about it. The truth will come out one day. When it's right, the truth will come out. We don't have to defend ourselves. First thing I did was call my mama. What do I do with this? Is this ain't right? She said the same thing I heard before I called her. Just don't say nothing. Just let it go. It's okay. <laughs> Just let it go. It's going to be okay. Because it's not about me. It's not about me. None of this. None of this is about me. None of this is about me. Me giving you this, me doing this right now is not about me. I would not be standing right here, I promise. <laughs> right? <laughs> Anybody that wants this is crazy and I ain't following them. <laughs> I mean, it may be different in different ministries, but it ain't, it ain't in this one. In this vision, I don't even want to be standing here because I know what's going to happen. I know what's coming. <laughs> but that's okay. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's about somebody that needs this. I never in 10 lifetimes would have thought I would lead worship. And for the first year, I was scared to death every time. I still don't like it. But it's not about me. It's not, it's not about me. It's about opening heaven for people that need it. It's about worshiping together. It's about submitting to my leadership and not telling them no. When I do all these things, when I love him with all of my heart, all my soul, all my mind and strength. It's not about me anymore. I learned what true love is in that. True love loves us enough to let us make our own choice. Are we going to choose? Who are we going to choose? There's no fence. I'm not sitting on a fence. I'm either following him or I'm not. It's, it's one or the other. Those are, that's hard because we've been taught our whole lives that you're sitting on the fence, you need to make a choice. You made a choice if you're sitting on that fence because there ain't no fence. When I do all these things, I lay my life down. It's not about me anymore. I don't have to worry about my wife's relationship with Jesus. I can't worry about that. I don't have to worry about my leader's relationship with Jesus. I don't worry about yours or theirs or anyone else's. My Bible tells me to work out my own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out my own. I ain't worried about yours. I want you there. 
I want you to have that salvation, but I can't worry about that. I don't have enough time to worry about that. I got enough time to worry about my own and worry about where I'm spending my time. And all that, that's where people will see us live. People will see us live when we live on our face. That is better than going to anybody and telling them you're going to hell. I mean, even sometimes we tell them Jesus loves them, we basically said you're going to hell because it's about our attitude and the place we say it from. If I worry about my own, if I'm focused on him, I'm not worried about you and what you're doing. I'm not worried about what, you, what you're doing, what, what sin you're committing. I got a plank in my eye. Why am I worried about the speck in yours? I cannot worry about you. I love you. And I'm here for you. But my salvation is mine. Yours is yours. I can't make that choice for you. I cannot choose for you to lay your life down for whatever you're being called to lay your life down for. Only you can do that. Are you willing? Are you willing to just lay on your face? To just get on your face before him and spend some time with our Father. That's all he wants. That's all he wants is time with you. Doesn't take hard work. Doesn't take anything but a yes. Everything else will come from that. Everything else will happen in your life. Your increase. It'll happen in that. Am I willing to give him a yes? Not just in salvation. Am I willing to say yes to lead worship? Am I willing to say yes to preach? Am I willing to say yes to lead a cell group? Am I willing to say yes to keep the nursery or to help with kids' church or to be on the worship team or to clean the bathrooms? Am I willing to say yes? If I'm not, that's okay. It'll be okay. He'll work it out. Somebody else may get to do that. Somebody else is coming to do what you won't do. I'm not going to let somebody else have mine. I'm not going to let somebody else have my destiny. It's mine. And once I know what it is, I'm going after it. I know what mine is, I'm saying. Once we know what our destinies are, if we don't go after them, somebody else is probably going to get it. Because we don't have time to wait anymore. We don't have time to wait. We don't have time to sit around and be religious or play around with this. It's time now. It is time right now. Yes or no? Yes or no? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? Yes or no? Maybe. God don't deal with maybes. Maybes are lukewarm. He spits them out of his mouth. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Are you willing? 
Are you willing? Are you willing? Will you say yes? For whatever the situation is, will you say yes? Will you say no? That's okay. God's will is going to be done. I just won't have a part in it if I say no. That's not a place I want to be. Personally, it's not a place I want to be. All of it comes down to love. Everything in the whole world is fulfilled in love. Two commandments. Love your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. I don't need anything else. I don't need anything else. Are you willing to say yes? Are you willing to love? Are you willing to love? Father, give us a desire. Give us a desire to want you. To just simply want to love you. Give us a desire to be with you, to spend time with you. Because that's all it takes. That's all it takes. It's so little. It seems so insignificant. But just a little time in the day. Give us a desire for you. A burning desire for you. Show us what it takes to love you. Show us what it takes to lay our lives down. Show us how easy it can be when nothing else matters. Bring us to that point, God. Bring us to that point where nothing else matters. Nothing but you and what you want. Bring us to that place, God. Give us a revelation of your love for us. A love that chases us down. A love that will light up shadows and tear down mountains and kick down walls. All for me. All for me. Give us a revelation of your love.
not going to leave us hanging when he calls us into something and we say yes he is going to be there doesn't matter what it is he is faithful to be there for us he's faithful to be there he's obligated to do what he called you to do we don't have to be afraid we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to worry that he's not going to be there. He's not going to deliver. He's there for us. He's faithful. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.